The air is crisp. It's gorgeous at 65 degrees. There's nothing but clear blue sky in the aptly named Valley of the Sun. It's a fantastic day to be outside. I'm hiking up Lookout Mountain. Lookout Mountain is part of the Phoenix Mountain Preserve. This sanctuary of nature includes some notable names like Camelback Mountain and Paisteva Peak. But Lookout Mountain is not as popular, which is why I've been regularly coming here since moving to the valley six months ago. I enjoy the not so busy trails. Plus, the hike to the summit is short, only half a mile. From the top, hikers are greeted with panoramic views of the Phoenix metro area. Far on the horizon, South Mountain gives a dramatic backdrop to Phoenix downtown. Facing east, parts of the Superstition Mountain are visible, and as are several other similar landforms spread across the vista. I've stood at this very point many times now. I look over to the expansive desert that commonly gets called the valley. But I couldn't work it out. How is Phoenix a valley? Well, I know a valley when I see one. I grew up in one, some 8,000 miles away in Nepal. The city of Kathmandu lies in a perfect ball-shaped valley. Hills and mountains surround it on all sides. Welcome to Valley 101, a podcast by the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. I'm intern producer Nitis Basnet, and today I tackle a question that has been haunting me since I've arrived. Why is Phoenix called the Valley? To me, the Phoenix metro area looks and feels different, somewhat of a valley, but not quite. But feelings can't always be trusted. So I went searching for answers to my topographic confusion. That's how I found Stephen Simkin. Stephen Simkin, you can call me Steve. Um, Steve is a professor of geology and education in the School of Earth and Space Exploration at Arizona State University. If anyone would know about mountains and valleys, it would be him. The entire quote-unquote Valley of the Sun is much larger than just the Salt River Valley. It's, it's a much wider area that, that we would refer to as a basin. A basin? I would say Phoenix sits in a basin. And a, a basin? What even is a basin, though? It's, it's kind of like blocks, essentially. We think of them as blocks of crust that are offset by faults. And so... One side drops down, that's called the Graben, and one side remains high, and that's called the Horst. But only geologists use those terms. Okay, okay, let's stick with the less technical terms here. The high part is called the range, the low part is the basin. The story of this range and basin, as Steve explains, is full of ups and downs, no pun intended. It started many years ago. Try about uh, 80 million years or so. A time of massive seismic changes. This, this was a time starting around then and sort of reaching its peak 10 million years or so later. The entire southwest as we know it today was lifted high by, by tectonic activity. What was actually happening, we think, is that the ocean was to our west. 
and the floor of the ocean, the oceanic plate, was sliding underneath North America. Uh, it's called subducting. Geologists believe the entire state of Arizona at this period was pushed up pretty high. Some geologic records suggest southern Arizona was actually at a higher elevation than northern Arizona at this time. After that, crust began to just sort of relax again, kind of settle down, subside. It was also coincident with the fact that around this time, subduction of the ocean floor under the continent stopped and the edge of the continent became a, a, what we call a transform fault. This was the San Andreas Fault that was sliding sideways. So as a consequence of that, starting in southern Arizona, the crust subsided again. It, it basically dropped down. All that is to say, what we call the valley actually lies within this drop-down area, a basin. Just say basin and range, you know, ranges and basin. So why not just call it what it really is, a basin? Well, the Salt River Valley does exist. It is an actual geological feature along the Salt River, but it's restricted to only a few miles along the river, not the entire Phoenix metro area. People think of a valley as a, as a you know, a... a, a low area where the river flows and then there's sort of high on either sides of it. Basin is kind of the same thing. The basin is that low elevation in the middle and higher elevations on both sides. So it's, it's not necessarily surprising that people refer to this entire basin as a valley, even though it wasn't formed by the, by the flowing of either of the two main rivers coming through. Those being the Salt River and the Gila River. There's perhaps also an aesthetic appeal to calling it a valley. I think if people say basin of the sun, people associate basin with a, you know, with a catchment container, right? Something where you put things, you spill stuff or something. And maybe I can, I can see how valley sounds more, it just sounds like a nicer word. And as it turns out, having a nicer alternative was exactly the reason. The reason why modern inhabitants of this basin started using the word valley to describe it. The Phoenix metro area was hit pretty hard by the economic woes of the Great Depression. From 1920 to 1930, the population in Maricopa County grew by 68%. That made local business leaders worried because a decade before that, the growth rate was 159%. We will hear how Phoenix turned its slumping economy around after a short break. Hey there, this is producer Amanda Liberto. Did you know there's an easy way to stay on top of all of our podcasts plus news from across the state? Just download the free AZ Central app. Find it in your app store and in Google Play. Now back to the story. So there is this need to jumpstart the economy again. And to do that, the Phoenix Chamber of Commerce began the Valley of the Sun advertising campaign. Now the area within the circle of volcanic rock is known as the Valley of the Sun. Its goal was to attract visitors by mentioning how bright 
and sunny it gets here. The late Frank Snail, who became the president of the chamber in 1936, remembers the advertising efforts in this 1978 interview. Stored in the archives of the Arizona Historical Society. Jack Stewart started a real campaign for advertising the Valley of the Sun. I'm not real sure whether it had ever been used much before. Jack Stewart was a Phoenix-based developer. His construction company built thousands of homes for new residents. Uh, I'm not sure that Jack may not have been one of the originators of that thought, a Valley of the Sun and playing up the sun. Uh, the chamber grabbed onto it. I remember that the city council even spent, we set up a cooperative effort between the city and the Chamber of Commerce to spend money in National Magazine. Researchers at Arizona State Library could not pinpoint who exactly might have coined the term Valley of the Sun, but they told me the slogan originated sometime in the early 1930s as an effort to boost tourism. In 1934, the Phoenix Chamber of Commerce had put a total of 211 advertisements bearing the Valley of the Sun slogan in 36 magazines it reached audiences across the US and the campaign worked the success meant the name stuck around long enough for people to start terraforming this entire phoenix area in their minds the valley of the sun became a symbolic idea that spread all across the you know the valley for years to come So when I arrived in 1980 pretty much all the local media everything that you see read and heard made reference to the Valley of the Sun. That's Ron Merritt. He's the co-founder and partner at On Advertising. So over the years there has been a little bit of a shorter version of that so now people just say, "Oh, I'm from the Valley." Merritt's advertising firm, which is based in the Valley, has contracts with several governmental bodies, including the City of Phoenix and the State of Arizona. Some of the work involves a marketing strategy called place branding. Our tourism campaign is really focused in on how you want to position and present uh, either the state or the city, and it's usually tied around things to, that you can see and things that you can do. to give you one of a kind experiences. The idea here is to advertise a sense of place. The phrase the valley is definitely an organic phrase that is being used in daily conversations between individuals, but it's also being used as part of a brand. And that's why, you know, sports organizations here and even even some companies will use the phrase, well, we're located in the valley. The valley has indeed become an identifier. There are nicknames for places that use this term like Silicon Valley, but Phoenix wants to be the valley. From my perspective, the valley is this ever-growing, culturally expanding community that is made up of multiple cities and working throughout not only our business uh, culture but also through the the personal discussions that we have as a community the valley unites the people of this place as one it even seems to be a point of pride for example the unincorporated community of new river is more than 30 miles away from phoenix proper and the salt river here's how jason pfeiffer the vice president of new river desert hills community association 
describes where he lives. It's a rural horse desert community just north of Phoenix with mountain views, dark skies, a lot of friendly people, a little more open space. You know, most properties here are, are one acre or larger. You call yourself part of the valley? Yeah, yeah, we call ourselves part of the valley. But the eagerness from other communities is not mutual, Pfeiffer said. Pretty much excluded. A lot of people don't know about the area. They know of Anthem or they know of Cave Creek and Carefree, but New River Desert Hills is not as well known. Or it has, you know, kind of a different stigma to it, you know, to some people. A couple of years ago, some residents banded together and filed a petition to incorporate the community. They wanted to see New River Desert Hills have a city government of its own. For incorporation, state law requires approval from neighboring cities. Phoenix and Peoria refused. Scottsdale did not even respond. Jason Pfeiffer was also against the incorporation plans because, he says, becoming its own city would change the place a lot. However, he does not want it to be engulfed by a large city and large city problems either. Once you move up here, it's more of a, a sense of being out here and, and away from the city. You know, as far as you know, caring about being part of the city, I don't think most people don't care about being part of Phoenix. The urban sprawl is yet to reach the people on the edges of this metaphoric valley. However, there is a feeling of belonging to a larger idea. The valley already includes everyone and it will always have room for more. From on top of a mountain or the ground below, you can see the valley in all its unique shapes, aims and concepts. I now know the origins of the valley and what it represents. There's no point in going about correcting others, because this valley does exist. It's a reality in this part of the world. It may be a lot different from the one I grew up in, but when people ask where do I live, I'm going to say the valley. The place for me, the place for you, the place for all of us. For Valley 101, I'm Neetis Vasnev. Thank you so much Neetish for that story. I grew up in the valley and never really thought about the name. Just goes to show that sometimes you need to be from outside to see what's so unusual about a place. If you want to hear more stories about Metro Phoenix and beyond, visit valley101.azcentral.com. There you can hear our past episodes and send us whatever you're curious about. If you're a fan of the show, please share it with a friend and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also support it by subscribing to azcentral.com. You can follow all AZ Central podcasts like Valley 101, The Gaggle, and our new bioscience show, The Lab, on Twitter and Instagram at AZC Podcasts. I'm producer Amanda Liberto with Nitish Basnet. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.